0: We were wondering if it was ever going to happen, Clay, but it finally did. A changeling turns into a T-1000 and stabs a guy with his sword mm. arm. So uh, <laughs> hopefully DS9 has finally lived up to everything that you wanted to uh, expect from a, a shape-shifting race that can turn their hands into knives. Kind of like Carnage, too, I suppose, from the Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, I was kind of hoping Worf would turn to the person next to him and say, Your foster parents are dead.
0: <laughs> just, <laughs> the Klingon should have just had a uh, a pint of milk that he was drinking from yeah. at the same time. <laughs> well we're going to be talking about chimera it is the next episode of star trek ds9 so we're going to play the credits and we'll be right back accessing
1: library computer data out there there are no saints just people
0: All right. So Chimera, 14th episode of the seventh season, aired on February 17th, 1999, written by Renee Echevarria, directed by Steve Posey. In this episode, Odo meets another of the hundred changelings who are sent out to explore the galaxy. We're joined by Clay, as always. Clay, you've returned from exploring the galaxy. What would you think of mm. Chimera and how are you? I guess uh, first things first.
1: I'm good. I'm I'm working up my uh, my my eighty stand up routine about when your woman catches you linking with another change. Oh,
0: it's so awkward. So awkward. Yeah. Sometimes you're not even. You, sometimes you don't even link, but you, she just walks in and thinks you're linking, and that's even worse.
1: Yeah. You know, you say like, "Listen, baby, yes, yes, I linked with him, but I love <laughs> you." <laughs>
0: yeah, it's um. I've been watching a lot of the uh, the Deuce on HBO too, so it mm-hmm. brings up that kind of uh, the Deuce really explores the. Uh, the the uh, like the the porn industry, but it has to deal with like the AIDS epidemic in the eighties and stuff like that too. Obviously, which was devastating for some uh, oh, portion I, of the community.
1: I thought you were going to say it explores all the different ways people can be walked in on having sex.
0: Yeah, uh, it does that too. It does. It does a lot of sex-related activities, much like this episode, I suppose, which is uh, DS9 that's its finest when it's turning things that you don't think are sexual into metaphors for sex. Mm. Which is why this is the black sheep of the uh, the Star Trek family, I guess. I really like Camaro. Um, I think this is a very good episode. I think this is a shockingly strong script, uh, that has come out of nowhere after about five or six episodes that did not have shockingly strong scripts, but what say you about it?
1: Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It was, um, I still, <clears throat> I still don't care for the relationship with Kira and Odo, but I think this is the best use of it so far because they're actually using it to say something and, and, uh And do something kind of interesting um and it features it features a speech from quark that i think if roddenberry had still been alive would have killed him (laughs) the top three quark speech i think when he's talking about uh no one is better
0: than their genetics and you can't expect too much from people yeah
1: yeah quark quark is a fantastic character because they write him as just completely just intolerant of everybody Mm -hmm. and they they can they can use him to uh uh to bring bring forward a lot of um unsavory viewpoints when they have to and it actually it actually uses the kira and quark thing which i also hate and i think is kind of tap tacked on uh in general to pretty good effect as well because you know you could argue half the stuff that he's saying to odo is is born out of his jealousy or or you know want to push him away from kira yeah yeah um so yeah that's that's a great quark speech that kind of comes out of nowhere too it like, does. He's he, he, doesn't he just really kind of shows up and he's <laughs> he just kind of shows up and he's like listen we all hate you. <laughs> By the way, fuck yourself. All right, I'm out. See you. <laughs> I don't fuck. mean like all of us here. I mean everybody with two feet in the entire universe are going to hate you forever.
0: I believe it's a holdover from the original version of the script, which was a little bit different, which had Odo more directly squaring off with Cisco about what to do. And I think that that speech was originally a Cisco response to Odo. Oh, really? And they liked yes. it. They liked it so much that they just gave it to Quark. Um, it, it fits better as a Quark speech, I think, towards him. But it does. It does definitely feel like it comes out of nowhere and he just drops in and says that and uh, leaves and says his piece and all that stuff but
1: yeah it's i think coming out of cisco that would have a a much different feel yeah um because i mean you expect stuff like that from quark but that kind of thing unless i mean unless the tone was different or whatever but yeah um i mean i think maybe they maybe they lean into it too much by saying uh changeling pride demonstration yeah that's that's a little on the nose yeah it's a little on the nose um but otherwise yeah i thought that whole speech was was really really good i think this script is
0: sublime in a lot of ways because i think that it's one of the it's a it's a rare star trek episode where i feel that every scene is almost telling you something that you didn't know Hmm. before and like it's really layered this there's so many themes running through this one i think and it does such a good job of um Summing up where Odo is at this point, like this this to me feels so much like what they should be doing with seventh season episodes. Where this yeah. feels like the yeah. you've you've basically hit the end of Odo's storyline and he has to make a decision at this point about what he wants to do. And they haven't been doing that, and it feels like it's a lot of treading water, but I feel that this one really it like really builds off of everything that Odo has been. Like you've you've learned the development. He kind of mentors this other changeling, even though the other changeling has been around longer, so he's a better shapeshifter than Odo is. Mm-hmm. And but Odo has developed this sense from living with these people that this is where he stands at this point. And although he still wants to go back to the founders and find the other changelings and everything, he is now conflicted because they actually bring in Kira in a way that makes sense and is uh, surprisingly satisfying. But I think that I think the script itself is just so layered about like what's going on. Like it's about being alone. It's about homosexuality, sort of, or, like, the, the loneliness of homosexuality in, like, a heterosexual society, basically, is a metaphor you could look at. It's about what you need to sacrifice to be in a relationship. It's about xenophobia and phobias in general. And mm-hmm. the other reason I think it's really good is that it does, a, it does the great DS9 thing of, I don't think anyone has a bad argument in this episode. I think that everyone, you know, even if you say the quirk is kind of a bigoted approach— Everyone who's against what's going on, Cisco included, there's a justification because there's no reason that they should trust the founders at this point. Right. They're at war with right. them. They're like this is they can't just sort of let him run free and let him do whatever he wants because they're unsure of what it is. The 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 fact that they can disguise themselves, as O'Brien brings up, is like very dangerous to the Federation. I just think that all the storylines that are combining here all are valid and none of them are stupid and you go, Why does this person hold this point of view? And I think that's a really good way for these scripts to go at this point. And I think DS9 does it well.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It's it's a it's a good way to do an episodic episode but still uh having the serialized nature and the larger story uh loom over it and play a part, even if not directly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh,
1: O'Brien, O'Brien is kind of the one where, uh, you know, good old Miles O'Brien, he's always the first one to be a dickhead to people that, you know, who are different. <laughs> uh, cause when he, when he gets, when Lars, was it La- Lars? Is it Lars? Lars. yeah. Lars. Uh, uh, so Boston Lars. <laughs> uh, when Lars gets to the, uh, the station, and they're talking for a little bit. He says, like, one, uh, Laz says, something like, one thing that doesn't jive with everybody. And all of a sudden, O'Brien is like, Well, yeah, fuck you, guy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll be seeing you.
0: Hey, I'll see you around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cut your fingernails. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the. I think they do that fairly, I think it's fairly effective. Like, they, And I've been complaining about how they, I don't think that they use the ensemble particularly well. I think mm-hmm. that this one does. I just, I really think that this is a very good episode for everything yeah. involved. And I think that all the pieces really fit together. And it, it has the thing of all the other characters come back and they have their points of view and they sort of feed into it. And it also does something that I think DS9 did really well. And they kind of shy away from a little bit, but everyone's slightly antagonistic with each other. Um, -hmm. most like, I think it's most obvious in the Cisco Worf and Odo scenes where Worf is now the de facto security guard, uh, when Odo is kind of compromised. And so Worf has a very like pro security stance and he clashes with Odo about it. Much like when we were introduced to Worf in the fourth season, we liked that relationship between Worf and Odo. They're kind of the same characters that they would conflict with each other. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I just think that the, um, I just think what they what they did with this is super effective in terms of, like, resetting everything and, and showing you where Odo stands at this point and where he needs to be to go forward.
1: Yeah, and um, I was actually... Uh, Worf was noticeably absent in this episode for a good portion of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that strange because it was... They did so much with the, the ensemble up to that point. Um, but when he shows up, they end up using him pretty effectively yeah uh by having him sort of yeah like you're saying flip flip rolls with with odo for a minute when when odo is is compromised yeah yeah I i thought yeah i thought it was uh it's a first of all i forgot about the changeling disease thing i completely forgot about that they
0: haven't they haven't been for how important it is they haven't really been focusing on
1: it all that much yeah um but, yeah, it's the first episode in a lot- I mean honestly, it's the first use of odo full stop all season. you know he and Kira have just been sort of relegated to side characters yeah um,
0: odo had his and- uh faith treachery in the great re- where, where Un, uh defects was an odo episode, but that that's the only and I know what you're saying. It feels like I always feel that odo has been a little bit forgotten because of the Kira relationship and he he's he's since the end of the occupation arc in the 60s and he hasn't really had a lot of stuff to do with himself he had the yeah. treachery faith episode but this is this is the first one where it feels really important whatever odo decides to do
1: yeah they've they figured out how to do another changeling episode in this war story where it's essentially the only way that they can do changeling episodes is to you know uh either have one on the ship and try to kill it or uh try to insinuate that maybe Odo is gonna defect or something. Like yep. they, they sort of shied away from them after doing a lot of them previously when there was when there was more stuff about Odo trying to find out who his people were and the Great Link and all that kind of stuff. Uh they managed to figure out how to do one that is more in line with that and brings up some some questions, some larger world questions for Odo that aren't just tied to the war, you know, explicitly. Right. Uh, which is which is tough to do at this point, because clearly they've run out of they've it seems it seems to me like they feel like they don't know what to do with him at this point
0: yeah yeah i mean did you did you feel that this episode revealed anything about odo's motivations? I think that when the when las confronts him about the only reason that Kira the only reason you're staying is because Kira is here right does that did that does that jive for you um
1: i don't know i don't know i don't i don't think so i think i think odo i think kira is definitely a big part of it but i i i feel like odo is a more loyal person than that just to only stick around because uh because of kira Mm -hmm. um you know i i they they have they have laid the groundwork for um the uh uh crisis of crisis of self with him with the uh that episode i can't maybe it's the way episode i can't remember uh that ends with him saying no matter who wins i lose yep. you know like the, the poster the poster for alien versus predator
0: when i found out our people were the leaders of the dominion i realized
1: i had no place with them this war they're fighting is wrong i can understand their distrust of humanoids Why try to conquer them? Better to avoid them altogether. You don't much care for humanoids. I know from experience, they don't much care for changelings.
0: Goes all the way back to the episode where um, the two-parter, where the Cardassians and Romulans attack the Founders in that ambush, and then Garrick is torturing Odo, and Odo reveals to him that he does want to go home. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, and that's the, the the link that Garrick and Odo have between each other is they they realize that they're both people who are alone and just simply want to go home, and that's where they can yeah. build that relationship off of. But I think they um, I think I think it's fairly. I think I think it's good. For some reason, that line that it was Kira stuck out to me, even though I think that it's appropriate for Odo to only want to stay because of that. And I think that they weave it into the storyline. But I guess it's the fact that because the Odo and Kira relationship has never really worked all that well, it's, it's mm. tough to latch onto her being the main reason why he would stay. Um, although I do think it makes sense. And it would be, in my opinion, it's kind of the only reason that Odo... Would want to stay, I think, um, because he has hinted that he wants to go home prior to this.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. I, I don't think. There, I don't think it's. It's. It's necessarily wrong that if that's what it is. I, I. But I, I guess part of me feels like at this point, um, maybe, maybe I'm doing character work in my head that they haven't done in the show. Uh, but it, it feels like he has. He has found a home on Deep Space Nine with all of these people. Like it's not just Kira; it's everybody, kind of. Yep. Um, but again, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading into into motivations more than they're actually giving us. Cause, he, uh,
0: he has that um, the final speech with Lost, where he says, "You know, he, he's like, you're wrong about the solids. Uh, they're not as petty yeah. as you actually think that they are." Yeah, I think. But I guess I guess we're all just kind of dancing around the fact that um. What I think that they really do with the changelings well here is I think that this is maybe the most effective episode that they've ever done about explaining why the changelings feel like they're outsiders in a mm. way. And, you know, it, they've always kind of just accepted that as like a tropey, like, oh, no, the solids don't like the shapeshifters because they're uh, disguised artists and they can kind of be sneaky and no one can trust them and everything like that. But mm-hmm. I think that they, they do a good job of bringing in the link which is kind of a wonky idea, uh, kind of a silly idea that they introduced. But I think that they they do a good job of making it a metaphor for being a minority and also making it like explaining it in a believable way about why it's important to them and why it isolates them so much Mm -hmm. from each other. And I think that linking it, it's another just praise for the script. Like they link that to the fact of like, this is how the changelings know each other. This is how Laz and Odo will get to know each other. This is how it can be uh, a problem to Kira because she can never link with Odo in that way, in that kind of like um, uh, impersonal way that Laz mm-hmm. and Odo can. And then it ties into the problem with Odo and Kira at the end. It's like, are they ever going to be able to just really be together because she can never truly understand what it is to be him. And mm-hmm. that it always feels weird because Odo is... As we know Odo, he's just kind of a guy with a smushy face. Like, he's never yes, he's yeah. never not been anything different. So it's hard to really internalize the fact that he is so different. But I think that this episode does a really good job of explaining why the Changelings feel so isolated from each other. And again, it ties into the, the Changelings feel that they're persecuted, but it's mm. rational that they're persecuted in a lot of senses. Here it's because of the war, but it's also because they do have a superiority complex over the solids that seems to be innate and they are um dangerous in a lot of ways that other species aren't so I, I think it's another another point of the script just bringing in all the threads and combining them synthesizing them in a really good way
1: yeah what i what i did really like is that the it um they kind of showed how much of an outlier odo really is to the changelings or at least i don't know if he's an outlier as much as uh it seems to me that he has he is he is the youngest changeling we've ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, thirty years founder, old. Yeah, yeah. What are you thirty? Yeah, uh, a nice craggy looking thirty. Um, <laughs> he's got the soul. He's, he's, he's got the soul of uh, thousands of years of age, but he's got the youthful exterior. Yeah, huge he's, got, he's got the he's got the face of a seventy-year-old who <laughs> says he's thirty after all of the plastic surgery he's had done. Um, but. He, he seems to be the youngest changeling that 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 we've met, and the interesting thing about that is all of the other changelings, whether it's the founders who literally started an empire based on 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 this idea, or Laz who has come to it independently, that the lo- it, um this idea that the longer you stick around, the the you're going to learn that human, humanoids are are shitty you know like that's i that was what i found most interesting is that Laz came to that conclusion on his own completely separately from the from the dominion yes and he just he doesn't have the the connection to be to, uh w- he doesn't have the the backing to start a uh you know um an assimilation body to destroy to rule the galaxy right or <laughs> right but he's odo just, he's he's been around for 200 years long enough to realize that people suck
0: <laughs> yeah i mean odo is the youthful progressive of the, yeah. of the founders, right? He's the one who's like, no, things can be different. We can all change. If eyes can change and you can
1: change, we all can change. And Laz is like, yeah, but how are you going to pay for it? <laughs> What's your plan to pay for it, Odo?
0: I I agree with that, and I think that a lot of it just speaks to Odo ended up in a situation where things were good. It sounded like Laz has a pretty bad situation when he wherever he whatever planet he landed on and sort of was grown up, and he looks like those people I'm assuming on the planet that he landed on. But he also he also has an interesting point about not being wrong, where you know he has the shitty bar scene where they yell at each other, and him and his friends kind of yell at each other. But he brings up an interesting point, kind of an environmental message about like wherever humanoids go. Uh, they basically ruin everything, and he likes yeah. to be, uh, he likes to be the buffalo or whatever. But after two mm. generations, the buffalo were hunted and fenced off, and they all died out. But he likes them, uh, which is under which is done with a nice joke about Cork brings over the steak, and Bashir's like, yeah. Well, you know,
1: you know what I found interesting about that is that as they were doing that scene, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about how how much that approach makes sense for an alien. That that mindset makes sense for an alien. Um, you mean that I the humanoids
0: think, are ruining everything? That that mentality.
1: Yeah, and I think there are probably a lot of you know people now who would see that, hear that speech from him, and be like, "Yeah, man, exactly." Yeah, but the thing is, it's it's ignoring the fact that that it's not like well, depending on uh, whether or not you believe anci- ancient astronaut theory. Uh, it's, it's not like humans are, uh, an aberration to the nature of the planet. Yeah. Right. Um, or whoever it's, it's not like the, the humanoid of that planet is a, is an aberration to the, the natural order of the planet. Right. Humans it's are just, humans are a part of nature. We are we, yeah, are, not, we are not outside of nature. So whatever we do is natural, basically. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't want to. <laughs> that's something that does sound like something Lex Luthor would say before he, <laughs> you know, blows it up. It does, in but the air I think it's realistic, but. and I think that
0: I think that's the thesis of the episode in a lot of ways. Like it's the yeah. there's a cruel reality to this episode, I think, which is really kind of fascinating. I think Laz's position there is one of those aspects of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's. Overall, it's not a great episode for feeling good about humanity. No, no, <laughs> it's not. You've got you've got Laz showing up and being like, "Yeah, the 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 natural world was great until the humanoids showed up and ruined it." Uh, again, uh, making it sound like that we haven't been part of it since the the beginning of it. Uh, and then Quark is like, "Yeah, hu- humanoids are going to hate everything always that aren't that don't look exactly like them."
0: To be fair to Laz, um, I guess his argument is that the solids should know better. But sure. they don't yeah. realize that, like he likes the primitive life forms, he says, because they don't really think about things. They just are. They are what they are. Yeah. And I believe I, I believe he, he thinks that humanoids should be better than what they are because they're capable of being better than that.
1: Sure. And I, I think that you can I think that a character like that allows you to write a really uh um negative speech like that and have it feel true. Because I mean, yeah, everybody everybody thinks that. You know, I mean I you know, I who hasn't looked around and been like, Yeah, we just we are not doing this right yep um but it it is also uh uh it does allow you to write from the perspective of someone who would be extra critical of that you know yeah um so yeah i think they i think they're using that character to really really good effect and it does have a little bit of the uh of like the highlander thing in there where it's like the one immortal who's been around longer who's like everyone's just gonna die don't bother (laughs) getting don't, (laughs) don't bother getting attached to anybody
0: yeah, yeah, it, it definitely like, is not, not.
1: How do you if, you, if realistically, if you've been alive for 200 years, how are you not completely fucking jaded? Like, even yep. even if it was 200 years ago from now, um, you've lived through two world wars. You've watched essentially like a third to half of the population be wiped out. Yep. Uh, the world population be wiped out. Um, but not you also mention, get a smartphone. That's true. Let's, yeah, let's, 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 let's
0: true. go with the positive here instead.
1: Yeah, but he, but like if you think about it though, that's that's the last on on your on your uh, cosmic calendar. You know, that's like the last thirty seconds of December. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Yep. Whereas everything before that, you know, at a certain point, if you become jaded to the the what you believe the nature of humans to be, that's all you're going to see is negativity, is in war and death and et cetera, et cetera. Even though. Television is a pretty good invention.
0: I like Laz you know? because, as much of a dick as Laz is, he's also he's played by JG Hertzler, who's Martok, which is also funny
1: too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, his facial his facial structure looked familiar, but I couldn't. I, wow, that's really he's, he's interesting. a pretty good actor because Martok yeah. and this guy are very different from each other. Yeah, I mean their voices are completely different. Yeah, which is yeah. really interesting. Actually. He says
0: he was doing a. Uh, Bill Shatner impersonation for Laz, which I don't know if that really lands. I guess it kind of, he, he does. He talks with a lot of pauses in his voice, but um, mm-hmm. he he does talk totally different from how Martok talks. Yeah, um, he plays up his smoking two packs a day for Martok. I guess would be the way to look at it. But I um I like Laz because as much of a dick as he is. I feel he's justified in how he exists and I feel bad for him at the end when he has to go off on his own and he, mm-hmm. in, like Odo doesn't want to go with him I I feel that both of them are believably sympathetic uh characters and like you you do understand why he would want Oda to join he wants to create a new link they can recreate the dominion basically with when the older founders get wiped out they will start anew as a new link with all the hundred that were sent out before mm-hmm. and I don't know. I, I feel bad for him at the end. Like he Odo realizes that he should feel bad for him too because he hasn't learned uh, the lesson of love, basically. Which is yeah. which is a sweet well, that teeters close to being bad. But I think that the episode holds it together.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really wary of episodes that and end with uh, Power a, of a long a long speech about how love is the answer to everything. You know, even though sure it it's is dang, I guess. It's
0: dangerous dangerous territory to write. I
1: think to to yeah, vocalize gets, that is tough. It gets hokey really fast when you have, especially when you have someone like Odo saying that. It's like, oof, this is weird. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he, I mean, he, he, he's, he's sad. He's a sad character because he doesn't, he's been around for 200 years, but it sounds like he doesn't have the benefit of anyone showing him anything other than contempt. Yes. Which I think goes a very long way. I mean, that's, that's why I, I feel like that's a big part of what makes Odo different is that even though he is different, all all of the stuff that Quark was saying is true, except that, you know, he has not he has been shown differently by a lot of people. Yeah, uh, it's not just it, it just hasn't been uh, um, uh, straight prejudice. Yeah. In his entire existence. Odo accuses but, him but, of he's generalizing. Only, he's only 30. He's got like. You know, a hundred and seventy more years to learn to hate people. I guess, right?
0: Yeah, Odo Odo still. He'll uh, if you're not if you're young and not a liberal, you don't have a heart. If you're old and not a conservative, you don't have a brain. Is the other side. <laughs> so, um, I I I forget what I forget what I was going to say about laws. There was one other thing about laws, but I guess we'll we'll come back to it at some point. But we can move into the um the I I like the the metaphor for the um. I do see the, the linking is, like, overtly a sexual metaphor in this, where he doesn't want to link in public. He's like, what the mm. fuck are you talking about? I don't want to do that. You, you could, <laughs> could, um... you
1: imagine, could you imagine a different, a different species, and they're walking through the promenade, and, like, Quark, like, Rom just pulls out his dick or something? <laughs> <laughs> and Quark is like, like not in an here. Um-up. And he's um-up. like, well, if not here, <laughs> Where? where?
0: I, it's the same as Umox although no one seems to care about Umox you can do that in a conference room scene and people will be like yeah that's that's some uh year jobs that are going on over there The yeah, uh it's it's very strange This this the sexual I like the sexual metaphor because it's interesting and it's a fairly um progressive or modern take here where there's really no reason for Odo to have a like a um biological sex or biological right. sex drive well,
1: Yeah he, that's he, that's what's interesting about it is it it's 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 got a sexual component to it, but it's not specific. It's no. not like it's, it's not just like love. oh, this it's is just, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like this is a this is a uh, a a hard line metaphor for uh, for homosexuality or bisexuality. It's it's very it's very much well, literally more fluid than that, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. More, more, too too much fluid. Uh, <laughs> I think that this. Yeah, I. I really like it because it is just kind of a stand-in for love, and it makes sense that like Odo has accepted a like a gendered persona because he's copying that guy who found him, so it, it makes mm-hmm. sense that he would act uh, male as he does in the series. But his his sexuality really should know no bounds because the changelings shouldn't have sex to them. Like there should yeah. be no difference between any of them.
1: Yeah, I like the fact that he has a sexuality at all. Like is a little bit questionable. Like I think you could. I think you could argue that if he has a sexuality that skews heterosexual, if you can even still use that term, mm-hmm. um, it's only because of his larger feelings for Kira and not because he needs to like, right. you know, have It's sex only with coincidental,
0: her. I would assume. It's because Kira, like he, Odo is a male because he's copying a male form. He loves yeah. Kira more than anything. And it just so happens to be a heterosexual relationship. Like, yeah. if you're looking at the production of it, I'm sure that there's, they don't want to have a homosexual relationship in the 90s be prominent in this way on tv so they play it up this way but i think it makes sense for the character that he just happens to be a a male body who falls in love with a female character and they work out that way but yeah
1: i'm sure i'm sure if Kier was like hey i don't want to have sex anymore he'd be like that's totally fine (laughs)
0: that's a lot of pressure off my back don't have to have those nights of wondering whether or not it's going to happen and sit in there sweating um (laughs) And I, but I just, think that the
1: just wait till I'm in my bucket form and then just dump <laughs> me all over you. He can be cloud form now. He's 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 evolved. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The uh, or he can apparently turn into the aurora borealis too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, I want to talk about that scene, but I think that um the link as a metaphor is just. Like, I'm drawing the homosexual comparison. It's because only they can't, like, it's kind of a minority. They're ashamed to do it in public. They don't want to show Mm -hmm. the world what they really are. That's a big problem for Odo. And the fact that it's this linking thing, it just so nicely lays over that, where it can't just be seen as love and not anything else. And that the changelings are totally truthful with each other in a way that. Odo and Kira cannot be because the Link exposes everything that you think to each other because they are supposed to be one big organism, basically, so they know what everyone is thinking. It's shorthand Mm. for how the changelings learn about each other. Odo and Kira can never get there and I think that the Odo and Kira thing, we can move it in that direction to wrap up, is just, thank God they had this episode to somewhat redeem this relationship because the relationship to this point has been god-awful and a waste of everyone's time but here... Just using it as a as a bookend to, this is how Odo feels different and why Odo... The tragedy of Odo is that he can never fit in appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. I think they even do... I don't know if I'm crazy. The ending scene where he's swirling around Kira and they're having the like linked humanoid sex scene. Her face seems happy. And I don't know if I'm the only one who sees this, but as it fades to black she gets a sort of frowny face on it. And I, I interpret this as she's impressed by this, but she still realizes that she's never going to get it. Like, this is not the real thing for Odo. Mm-hmm. And, and try as they might, it's just not working the way that, like, it's cool and everything, and it's good for him, and she wants to be there to support him. But she's kind of realizing that they are very different from each other. Like, this is not, this is not what she could expect from, to, from this relationship either.
1: Yeah, it's like when your kid comes to you and shows you this amazing drawing that he thinks he did, and you're like, "That's that's great, sweetie." <laughs> How many fingers does Santa Claus have? Eleven? Yeah, that's okay. It's beautiful. It didn't didn't happen for you on the latest Thanksgiving. I would hope. No, no. Uh, the um, no. That's that's my entire life is is, uh, is telling telling people what I do for a living, and then having them pause and go, hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> well I, I mean if the kids get the crayon on the piece of paper it's a huge
0: success at this point so i'm just yeah. i'm I'm, fa- I'm fantastic with that
1: uh yeah i i didn't i didn't catch the 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 facial change at the end um i i wasn't totally sure what to make of that scene you know i i guess it's i guess it's him being like you know this is this is what i am kind of you know let me show you what i am, or, or not. Solid form or whatever. Yep, the um, mask
0: is off, basically. Yeah,
1: um, but yeah, I I, I didn't. I, I must have. I, I don't think I caught the 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 face change. The the face change.
0: I could I could be wrong. I I I just I I feel like her expre- her expression is not pure bliss. I don't mm-hmm. think. Like I would not describe it that
1: way. And so that, I think you, I mean you could chalk that up to <laughs> Nana Visitor not knowing what the fuck she's supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> so now put your arms up and pretend like you're you know he's giving it to getting, you real good he's giving you yeah the- put your arms up and pretend like you're playing in a cloud of glitter or something it's like okay she's a she's a good sport she
0: did she did that scene well for how ridiculous the setup of that is actually and um do you remember the episode where odo uh got laid by that woman he he was like investigating yes. Yes. They wanted to use this effect in that do episode. I? They wanted to use this effect in that episode. And they did not because uh they decided that it was going to be like a big thing about Odo being a solid, like existing mm. as a solid. Thank God they did not use it in that episode because here it's actually symbolic of something. Yeah. And it means yeah. something in this in this script.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean he did, we I didn't even know he could do that. No. I, well he, he, learned he didn't it this even episode. know he could do that yeah. Yeah. until like twenty minutes ago.
0: Yeah, he can be he can be fire, he can be anything. Yep. Yeah.
1: I um I that was a nice touch too is that uh when they when they go into the uh when he brings Laz into his quarters and Laz comments that he hasn't been using his uh you know, jungle gym yep. at all. Yeah. Um implying that he's not that he's become very placent complacent with his his current humanoid form. I, I like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Odo's house tour is like if you were getting the house tour from a friend, they're like, and this is my uh, PVC piping that I've wrapped some slinkies around. It's
1: uh, fantastic. <laughs> and you can be like, oh. You've done, you've Sometimes I... I guess you could say I have sex with it, but I, that's not what I would call it, really. <laughs> these forms are very, very satisfying to be called. Very interesting forms. <laughs> that's that's like that's like serial killer shit. If you're it f- is. <laughs> I've stretched out these skins of my humps. Yeah. If you if you if your friend if if your kind of weird friend invited you over and you came in and he's like this is this is my this is my uh, coffee table that I cover with all my favorite textures and you're like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these shapes are very very interesting. It's like, "Oh, okay. All right. Um I see I see one door. I see another door I can get to if I have to. Uh great. I'm just going to go, I
0: think. Work it work it all out in your head. No, I know. Uh I think that the um I do want to stick on the Kira thing before we wrap up here, but I think that this is it's an important episode and I think it's a necessary episode for those two. And I think it just it really highlights the outsiderness of Odo here. And I think that that's mm-hmm. a super important thing to reestablish at this point is like this has been the character's arc his entire seven seasons that he's been going through. And The Na Visitor is excellent. Is Kira playing it? I think that their sacrifice is worth something. And it's just that the the metaphor for being in a relationship is on some level a sacrifice for both people. And I think that's a really, like, wonderful thing that they mention here, where you can't, you know, the relationship and such is is a give and take, like, that you're going to have in a relationship, and you can't just be yourself completely. Like, it's not all about the narcissism of, like, this is the thing that I want, and this is what we have to do. And Mm -hmm. it's a really cool thematic take on that, where Odo is sacrificing his utter... Happiness, his drive to like get the dream job that he wants. Like, he wants to move out of state to California and get a dream job at this other place. Mm-hmm. And then our visitor is mm-hmm. like, Well, my family's here. We have to stay here. And he's no, it's,
1: it's more like it's more like Odo wants to move out and like rent an RV and just see what happens. Sure, <laughs> we're gonna drive and find people just like like minded individuals,
0: just like ourselves.
1: Yeah, because I. <laughs> It's. It is. It is a little bit like when Laz shows up. He, he he's like you're. You've, you're telling me you're 200 years old and you've never been to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. We'll stop
0: off in Pittsburgh. He's got great prices. Yeah, that's pretty much. I just really. I think that the. Um, I love that metaphor of the sa- the relationship that these two are in is both about sacrifice. Neither mm-hmm. one is 100% doing what they want to do, but because of how much they rely on each other, they are willing to give up what they consider to be a good for the other person. And they're interestingly meeting in a way that's halfway where no one is, it's true compromise, like no one is truly happy by the, the mm-hmm. end result of this, but they still get through it just because of the depth of their feelings for each other. I think it's really touching
1: yeah yeah it, it it is a it is it has definitely redeemed that whole relationship angle um and but i mean i redeemed is that's a that's it's, too strong of a word i think yeah, not, it was not worth wasting 25 episodes of time exactly yeah it it still it still sucks generally but um this is definitely the best thing they've done with it um and i look forward to it not being touched on like this ever again <laughs> anything else
0: you want to talk about with chimera before we take a uh, final break here um,
1: was he flying in space? Yes, with in like wings the form of a, yeah, yeah. How do? You, okay, so ignoring the fact that they've never really established, I don't think that the changelings can just exist in a vacuum. Nope. I guess because they don't have to breathe. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Yeah, but. How
0: does he propel himself through space? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that. I was like, it's silly that he has wings, (laughs) and I was legitimately going, he should have a propeller. And then five minutes later, he's like, wait a minute, no, that doesn't make
1: sense. They they show him like wriggling like a squid or something, but it's like that that wouldn't work either, unless you know he just took a running jump off of like a space station and then just kind of you know glided through space. But
0: they missed a chance to have that um, that alien from TNG that was the space-born ravioli thing that the enterprise shoots and it has a baby he should have turned it into that thing it would have made made more sense yeah uh i think that's it let's take a break we're gonna play a clip from chimera we'll come back read some patron thoughts and give our final thoughts you're going to extradite him you don't know that yes i do and no one is going to do anything to stop it well, there's not much anyone can do if he weren't a changeling the captain would find a way to intervene
1: oh no that's unfair is it you're starting to sound like loss. Well, maybe that's because I'm starting to see things more clearly now. What is that supposed to mean? Look at me, Narice. What do you see? I see you. No. No, this is just a form I borrowed. I could just as easily be someone or something else. I know that.
0: Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the file. It's the best way to do it. A couple bucks a month and you get extra stuff. Extra podcasts, all that good stuff. We're gonna be talking about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was the um the the real ripe thing. We put up polls on the Patreon. Oh, Schwarzenegger convo. one? He he's up like ninety percent to ten between the other two, yeah. so he's he's definitely going to win. Huh. Uh, but hmm. those are the kind of perks that you guys can get if you want extra podcasts and the ability to control what we talk about. You can go to patreon.com I, slash I dependency. I would
1: pod. also like to say that <laughs> picking picking Schwarzenegger is is in no uh in no way a a response to the fact that we've spent the last six movies doing uh, female creators. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like we're swinging back towards toxic masculinity, o- overcompensating after... for, yeah. with our huge biceps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have to pick his uh, his most gender neutral role as his B roll, I suppose. We'll no, that would twins. be Junior, where he uh, junior, where, where yeah.
1: he uh, where he gives birth to a child.
0: Yes, absolutely. And as always, our Captain Tier supporters get a special shout out. Special thanks go to Andrew Cherlog, Ben Douglas, Captain Cork, Cardinal Doomsday, Christian Michaels, Christian Pouch, Darth Mosk, David Beardmore, David Kay, Dwayne Hackett, Eric Johnson, HH28, see Unicorns, Yarpy, Joint Mango, Jordan Cooper, Kevin Reyes, Cal Barrett, Mad Courier, Matt, Matt Cutler, Matt Ross, Mike Burnett, Nathan Elliott, Neil Brennan, Nick Sergi, Robert Cummins, Russell Elliott, Samuel Custergrim, Santos, Sean Spinobi, Tark, Latif, Tom Hiles, Vault 13 Hero, and Will Yates. Thank you very much. You keep the lights on and the show going. And now, Clay, we'll go to Patron Thoughts. If you're you're gonna
1: need to get to the point though, where like you're, where you finish that, and you go. I read these names every day, and I get, <laughs> I'm I tired can... of reading the names.
0: <laughs> <I> can... <laughs> it's like when um in the military movies the... where you get kidnapped and they they like ask you for your rank and you just read off that long thing that you've memorized. Like you don't you don't mm. give them any information except for rank. I'll be able to recite
1: the the patron names. Yeah. I think in you and situation. you and Cisco getting tired of reading all the names that are that's right of this every war. day.
0: That's the other way to work about it. Patron Thoughts. If you're a patron, you get to leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We read them. Norman Buckwald says, Chimera is the first episode of them as a couple that demonstrates the bond Odo and Kira have. How? By having the writers remember that, romantic or not, Odo and Kira have a definite strong bond. Lost is more of a catalyst for this as Odo finally finds someone like him, but unlike Odo, Lost has turned into such a misanthrope that he would care less if he transforms a part of himself as a weapon who showed up. He would not be bothered. Either that or Lost wanted to one-up the alternate savage Molly on the promenade and killing a Klingon on top of that. Kira has managed to show even more that this is finally the continuation from Sacrifice of Angels when she asked him, what about the Link? Seriously. Even, the, even after feeling an ultimate betrayal in this case that she is willing to let Odo go to be happy, she understands him more than any other character and certainly anyone in the Link will, and maybe even Odo himself. For lack of a better word, I'm not a fan of this term as it seems too new agey, Kira and Odo are soulmates. Whether or not they should have been a romantic couple I can understand, but an episode like this totally demonstrates that they are two characters who strongly value each other, forgive each other, and perhaps while Odo may seem more like a lovesick, naive teenager in the past, it's when he stops doing that and he and Kira speak frankly that their friendship is
1: strong. As for Laz, go ahead. Sorry, no. I, I thought you were done. Go ahead.
0: As for Laz, the writing did what it could to make him sympathetic, but considering his disregard for others' lives, it meets an un- if he meets an unfortunate end, I would find it only tragic in that he could not find something more. Odo is the lucky one. Five out of five. Edit. Just rewatched, and my memory of gra- is grander than it was. Four out of five. Revision. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it, it is kind of weird that Odo completely stands up for him after he just straight kills that Klingon.
0: Yeah, they I, they do a um. What's your take on that scene? Was that a justified killing?
1: I don't think so. I I kind of I'm I think I'm on Worf's team on this one where he was like he knew that he couldn't get killed. So well, the, he, he was going for his gun. To, I
0: guess the changelings can get yeah. die
1: by getting shots. Okay. And
0: mm-hmm. I rewatched it. The Klingon does go for his uh, disruptor on his belt. Yeah. He doesn't take this it out. Why, this but is he reaches why we need
1: it. body cams and all the changelings. I know. That's. The-
0: <laughs> Odo. It's a uh, I was actually impressed by that sword scene. It looks pretty good for uh Star Trek's kind of stuff. I was expecting a little yeah, look, it look, was, a lot hokier.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I was I was surprised that Odo didn't intervene more or turn into a shield and just kinda of like bash yeah, it or something. I right. don't know.
0: Yeah. Alex Bogut says, Chimera, as an immigrant myself, I always sympathize with DS9 characters as the entire cast are outsiders in some way, but Odo the most. The question of identity is never fully resolved for him or for me. The bond of Odo and Laz is like that of two immigrants who know not only that they can, un- uh, who know that only they can understand one another. Living in the states, get reminded of who. Uh, living in the states, I get reminded who I am when no one can say my last name. I probably mispronounce your last name then, <laughs> or when people make Russian spy jokes, and likewise when I get. When I went back to live and work in my former home country, was treated and valued for being an American. Just like Odo, stuck between two worlds, and just like him, no matter which side wins the war, I still lose. Mm. Next comment, Captain Quark. If Laz can turn into a space fish and travel through a vacuum, then doesn't that imply that the Founders can do this too? Do they even need ships? All nitpicks aside, this was a decent <laughs> episode. It takes prejudice. Its take of prejudice was intriguing. Does the DS9 crew only accept Odo because he doesn't routinely demonstrate his true nature? The founders are brutal, but maybe they are right to be suspicious of Solids. I also think this episode is the first to do something interesting with the Odo and Kira romance. Namely, it points out the tragically, potentially tragic nature of their relationship. Maybe their love isn't strong enough to bridge their differences. Odo's inner conflict to abandon his life with the Solids has been broached broached before but it's better presented here since last isn't as objectively villainous as the founders my only strong criticism is that the episodes feels like it could and maybe should have come earlier in the series run neil brennan whose character has suffered the most from their pairing odo or kira i did think kira until recently until it was revealed that odo has that weird framed picture of her besides his activity center <laughs> who has suffered more from the pairing who took that picture and with what camera i know They're, look here's lucky she didn't get shot or Oda's lucky he didn't get shot with that rifle Oh, i know yeah. yeah man he they really literally dodged a bullet <laughs> he, sh- he shouldn't have been hanging on the wall he should have picked it up like it was laying down you know in the movies when people uh, see a picture and they flip it down so that they can't see it and be reminded yes. it should have picked yeah. it up from that
1: that state yeah, where was the scene in that last episode where they sent out, like, the station-wide mem- memo to, for everyone to turn their happy <laughs> pictures down?
0: <laughs> Odo just got shot, like, 500 times in that episode, but doesn't die from it. It's just like, what? what is happening here? Who uh, Who do you think has suffered more from their pairing, Odo or Kira? Uh,
1: I think Kira. Yeah, it's Kira. Yeah.
0: Kira's always been uh, supplemental to whatever man has been in her life. You know, Shakar. Yeah, which is
1: really surprising because she's not that kind of character. Yeah. It's, it's, and all it's of the bad. men in her life are generally pretty sucky.
0: Yes, except for Odo. But for some reason, the relationship killed Odo at the same time. Yeah. Matt Ross says, I remember when this came out and fans were all at Twitter about the possibility that Odo was bisexual. And while that does enter one's mind here, I think I realize that the founders on an individual are essentially cells of a bigger entity, so I guess it's just masturbation. However, I feel this episode is in the wrong season. It should have been a season three or four episode after first contact with the Dominion. I also don't buy that Laz dislikes moniforms so much, he's in the middle of their greatest civilizations. So, although you can say space is big, the way Trek works, you'd think he'd notice what was going on or sense other founders. I got a chuckle when Cisco says that Martok is upset, mainly because I was expecting a quick change on J.G. Hertzler. Otherwise, the last character is right. Kira and Odo really can't be together. The racism touch in the story felt clumsy to me. All you need is someone saying, you people, I choose O'Brien. All he needed to say was Odo was one of the good ones. All he needed to say was that Odo was one of the, quote, unquote, good ones. And no one questions Odo about taking a runabout, although he's under suspicion. Overall, a waste of time and felt jammed in at the end of, jammed in at the end. A two out of five for me. Um, wow. I'm strongly disagreeing about uh, this couple comments in a row that this is not a final season episode. Um, Odo would have no good reason to stay if this was an earlier episode. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, why don't you leave, I suppose, at that point.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, he's clearly, he's now seen both sides of the fence as far as the founders are concerned. Right. And he spent a long time with both sides
0: of the fence, yeah, at this point. Yeah,
1: I mean, like. He's 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 been given a alternative to going with the changelings, which I mean, going with the founders, which would be very you know destructive. Yeah. Uh he's he's getting essentially seeing the opportunity to do what he wants to do, uh, and he chooses not to do it. That's, right. I think that's I think that is uh, a fairly sizable character shift.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I would agree, and if. Especially coming off the heels, if this is season three or four and it comes off the episode where he's tortured and it reveals that he wants to go home, it's too easy for him to go home at that mm. point. Like, I, that, that, the, the change has been his realization that he's better off here and not with the founders. He's making that decision, yeah. as you're
1: saying. I mean, he essentially does get put in the situation earlier in the series and he, and he leaves, right? He what goes back is to that. I, doesn't he? He goes back to the changeling homeworld. Oh, just when he finds them the first, yeah, he goes back yeah. to them.
0: Yep. He, and he would be. He. It's only realizing that they are the leaders of the Dominion that caused him to reject them. At that point, he wants to stay yeah. with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and this is it's so you've you've got him going from uh, a changeling who is desperate to you know link up with or find and link up with his his people to see what that's all about to one who is now given the opportunity the opportune version of that and he chooses not to do it
0: yeah yeah cal barrett says i disagree with some of the other commenters because i think this is a perfect episode for the final season it builds on all of odo's experiences up to this point by having him come across a changeling that is simultaneously older and more experienced than him who can openly voice his distrust of solids but is also only just learning about the changelings and is passionate about discovering his identity just like odo was in earlier seasons the episode solidifies Odo's struggles and pins down its mindset as we move into the final chapter arc. And while I have big issues with the relationship overall, I like that Kira is the why Odo remains and the decision wouldn't have worked as well in an earlier season when Odo didn't have a personal connection to the woman form. I feel the fear of difference ang- I like the fear of difference angle in the episode too, and that such a thing still exists in DS9's version of the Star Trek future. That scene in which Laz wants to join on the promenade feels, at least to me, like two men wanting to hold hands in public, but are scared of what others might think. Although Quirk's Changeling Pride demonstration line is a bit too much on the nose. Overall, it's one of my favorite episodes of the season, but Oda should probably put that photo of Kira smiling away. Doesn't he know that there's a killer on the loose? Mm-hmm. Matt Adley, final comment. Chimera, the writer's finally, for the first time, doing the Odo and Kira relationship the right way. After all the terrible Odo-Kira episodes we've had to put up with until now, this episode almost makes them worth it. I could relate to Miles so much in that cold open when you go somewhere and forget to buy your wife something and then desperately try to figure out something at the last minute. Five stars, probably the second best episode of the season up to this point, after it's only a paper moon. Um, Well, you have to remember that Miles O'Brien hates Keiko, so everything he's doing here is an act that he's doing to save his personal... relationship uh, his personal perception of himself
1: it would have been a lot better if he had realized that he got something for bashir but he didn't get anything for his (laughs) wife (laughs) also why does fog stop their their hollow suite reservation from being functional
0: well uh, he thinks that he's going to have to go fix the environmental controls all right but it's not that so they are off to the hollow suite at the end of that scene
1: yeah yeah, they they disappear very quickly once they figure out what's going on.
0: <laughs> thank you, patrons, for leaving your thoughts. A little bit of swinginess on that. One. It seemed like most people liked it, but there was a couple of uh, of lesser takes on it. But thank you very much for supporting the show. Thank you for leaving your thoughts on the episode, Clay. What are you going to give your mm. uh, Chimera rating on our scale of one to five? Mm.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I think. Do do. I think I'm going to go for a four. Okay. Um, I'm going
0: to give it a five. Why is it not a five yeah. for you? But I'm I'm going to give it a five. I think it's I think it's virtually perfect as an episode. Um, suffers from the... Suffers is the wrong word, but we've mentioned many, 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 many times some of DS9's best episodes don't stick out to you as like, yeah. oh, clearly that's one of the best episodes. Like, I remember that one uh, viscerally, but I think everything here works so well and is so tied into everything that they've done and is such good work for everybody and the the thematic tie-ins like there's so much stuff going on in the script i have to give it a five i think
1: yeah i think it's a high four i think it's thematically really great um i just it's not it's not one that's sti- uh, yeah i i guess sticking out is is the thing that i'm thinking about like it's not one that i would probably really go back and watch again yep Um, but I mean, that gets tougher in the show for exactly the reasons we've talked about a million times before, because like once things become serialized, it's very difficult, different. It's very difficult for singular episodes to stick out. Yeah. Um, you
0: remember moments instead of episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is really, really good. I think it is, uh, and it's, I'm probably giving it less of a point just because I hate the Odo and Kira relationship so much.
0: <laughs> Which, some people said this is their, two people said this is their second favorite episode of the season. Um, would you put Siege above this one? Siege of AR 558?
1: Uh, let's just remind everybody, who's definitely not me, what that episode, oh, okay, yes. That's the, the one uh, where they're on the planets um, and Nog loses where, his yep.
0: leg. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. Um, I think I prefer this one to Siege ever so slightly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough call. Uh I think this one is probably more quietly it, it's a much quieter episode. Siege I think is a both, better
0: standalone. If you were to show somebody the episode, Siege would yeah. stick out as like, Oh, I've never seen a DS9 oh, yeah. episode, this one's better. Yeah.
1: I think I think this one actually can work as a standalone because you basically get everything you need out of this. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, if you're if you're showing someone an episode to like try and hook them on Star Trek, it's or Deep Space Nine, it's probably not the. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is, depending on what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm being very waffly about it because uh, I'm I, I think it's really good. Um, but it's I something something some, something is is stopping me from saying it's like an all timer. I'm not sure what it is. Sure, sure. All right, guys, thank you very
0: much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash The Penske File is the best way to support us. Otherwise, all the social media links are down below. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Discord. Join the discussion on Discord. All the other shows continue. Real Ripe, we have uh, Scream is coming out tomorrow with Wes Craven, our final coverage of that. Then we're moving into what it looks like to be Arnold Schwarzenegger after that. Badass, Clay, do you have any updates on Batass?
1: Um, Sean and I just recorded our... Uh, question and answer episode so thank you everyone for sending in questions i don't know when that's going to go out um probably in a couple weeks and then i think we're going to do another special episode uh a couple weeks after that or or somewhere in there so i think it's going to be a bit before season three starts probably not until the beginning of the year if i had to guess Mm-hmm.
0: anything else you want to say
1: any other updates um where I'm working on a, a horror movie podcast with Amanda, who is our co-host on on Wes Craven on Real Ripe and Real Rotten, called the Rotten Horror Picture Show, which hopefully will also uh, start sometime uh, early next year.
0: Mm-hmm. DS Nine's almost finishing; we're almost done with that. Going to move on to Picard after that, I would believe. We cause... have
1: to we have to figure out how to squeeze in three Star Wars movies before the new one comes. Yeah. out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Bit, where did the time just goes by? I don't uh, know, man. We'll get as much done as we can. I guess I can't make any promises at this point, but we'll we'll see what we can do. And also, uh patrons wanted a Q and A uh, as our hundred. We made a hundred patrons, so I said we can do something special. And people wanted to do a streamed Q and A again, so we'll do that at some point. We'll try to fit all this stuff in, but we'll try to catch up on stuff because with Mandalorian coming up too, mm, which is unfortunate yes. uh just in terms of like scheduling. But we'll see. Yeah we'll say priority for me is just to get DS9 done a couple weeks before Picard starts so we can slow down and catch our breath I think before we get into that although one episode of Picard a week is not as bad as uh, two of DS9 at least in terms of scheduling and everything Mm. guys thank you very much for listening thank you for supporting the show and we will be back in a couple days with Bada Bing Bada Bang I believe is the episode let me check is that a Vic Fontaine episode? Uh, you bet your sweet ass it is. Uh, yeah, Vic Fontaine cool. episode. <laughs> I believe that's the next one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we'll be back in a couple days. See ya.